Welcome to The Stare Down, sports talk and real estate with Sean Carpenter of Coldwell Banker in Columbus, Ohio, Bill Risser of Fidelity National Title in Tampa, Florida, and Todd Meininger of Cummins, Georgia. Listen in as they discuss the week in sports and toss in a pinch of real estate too. Now your hosts, Sean, Todd and Bill. Hey, welcome back to another episode of The Staredown. It's our weekly sports talk and real estate podcast between a couple guys in real estate and a couple guys who aren't, but they love talking sports and having a few beers. I'm Sean Carpenter in Columbus, Ohio. Bill Risser joins us from St. Pete, Florida. Todd Meininger in Cumming, Georgia. And our friend Shay Brewer out in Portland, Oregon. Let's go reverse order this week. Shay, what's going on in Portland? Oh, man, I have had an amazing weekend. Absolutely love Portland. If you've never been to the Northwest in the summer, you'll love it. Uh, Craft Brewers Fest yesterday, uh, one of the largest brew fests in the in the country. And then today I went out to Mount Hood and got to enjoy some of Mount Hood and, and hang out on the lake a little bit and just kind of relax all the toxins out of my body from my brew fest. And so after a good day at the brew fest, what, what did you uh, what you put in your glass tonight? Um, so Gilganish Brewing, um, the home of the Terry Porter. Terry Porter is a former uh, a former Portland Trailblazer who's now the head coach of the University of Portland Pilots. Oh, wow. um, they named the Porter after Terry Porter. Um, but today I'm doing a, a pale ale, kind of off the uh, off the map, a little pale ale they're doing. So. Excellent. Good to see you, Shay. Todd, what's going on in coming Georgia, man? Hey, Sean. Uh, good evening. Glad to be here. I'm enjoying a. Uh, it's kind of my uh, my go-to when in doubt. Uh, Sweetwater Hop Ash, um, their session IPA. So good stuff. Um, I don't know about you guys, uh, but just knock on wood. I know August around the corner, but then it's been unseasonably cool. Um, and you know it's still hot in Atlanta, but it's not the blazing awful hundred degrees sticking to your shirt uh, heat that we're used to. So uh, hopefully that continues this week. So. Had, had almost a feel of college football this morning. Is that what you're saying? Uh-oh. A hint, a hint if you would, yes. Nice. Nice. Well played. <laughs> and our friend Bill Risser down in St. Pete, Florida. What's going on, Billy? Not much. Drinking a uh, Cigar City Brewing uh, special beer, a Florida cracker, a Belgian-style <laughs> white ale brewed with coriander and orange peel, which you just called a blue moon, right? Yeah. Same, yeah. same ingredients. Yeah. yeah. Delicious. I love it. It's uh, lighter. It's not that... Uh, you know, you guys, you pop heads, you know, a little different. One, one, man's, one man's PBR is another man's Keystone Light, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and weather here, it's, uh, we, we had an unseasonably wet week, and the weekend turned into back to the normal summer routine where the mornings are, are dry and, and, and warm and muggy, and then you get the thunderstorms over the, uh, over the afternoon. We had a nice downpour here uh, for about 45 minutes uh, about three or four hours ago. It was great. Love it. I mean, I'll nice. never get, I, I say I'll never get tired of the rain because – I've mentioned it where I grew up in San Diego, seven inches a year. And then I went to Phoenix where you get eight inches a year. And there have been weeks we got seven inches here, which is pretty yeah. cool. Pretty cool. So I'll tell you, we could use some rain up here. We've had a, a, a dry spell for quite a few weeks and the, the, the farmers are, are feeling it. The golf courses are feeling it. So uh, guys, I'm drinking a founders all day IPA. Todd, the, uh, the place I buy from is, was out of hop ash this week. Um, so I, I picked up a little 15 pack of founders all day. Uh, That's a good out. beer out of Michigan, right? Yeah. It's a solid beer out of Michigan and uh, you know, very drinkable. Like you said, kind of a perfect summer, summer ale. Um, 
so uh, let's let's go to the newest segment on the the stare down. It's called the old guy movie review. Uh, Bill, you got to see a couple movies this week. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you ducked in from the heat, and uh, and you and you and your wife enjoyed a couple movies. Here's here's the old guy movie review. Are you ready for this? So it's a half mile walk from where we live, and and it's always warm and muggy, and we usually go to a seven seven thirty. It gets out around ten, you know. So you walk back, you know, through the through downtown, and a lot of people are partying and stuff. It's a lot of fun. But it is freaking cold in that movie theater. And yes, I do take a pullover with me to the theater. <laughs> so I'm walking through downtown carrying a pullover because they freeze your ass off in the theater. And yeah. I don't want to be that cold. But I uh, saw Mission Impossible Fallout. I, I know why they call it Mission Impossible Fallout. Because Tom Cruise falls out of everything he's in in the movie. He oh, falls yeah. out of helicopters <laughs> and buildings and whatever. He falls out of everything. Uh, I loved it. I, I'm a big fan of those kinds of movies. It's right up my kind of my sweet spot. And uh, then I saw a really cool little indie called Don't Worry, He Won't Get Far on Foot. And uh, it's a cool look with, I mean, Jonah Hill in a really cool role. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix, I think it's nominated for an Academy Award for his role as uh, John Callahan, a, a, um, a paralyzed cartoonist in the 80s and 90s and 2000s in Portland, Oregon. So uh, that's it. That's There's my reviews. I, I say they're both good. Give them both two thumbs up. Good. Well, that was some quick reviews. Let's 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 get through the sports that we'll get through quick today. On um, tennis, we got U.S. Open coming up, right, Bill? Yeah, um, they're in the U.S. Open U.S. Open series. They call it as they play hard courts all around the country. Uh, okay, getting ready, getting ready for the end of August. Awesome, good. And then NBA, Shay, anything? Uh, seeing a, little, a lot of news about LeBron opening up a new school uh, in his hometown of Akron, uh, where he's put some money into. Um, and he he obviously made the news because he was out kind of doing a little slam dunk exhibition. Uh, before his kids' uh, little league basketball game, but anything shaking in the NBA that that you want to share with us this week? Um, yeah, so we got. We I got see one. you got your Team USA jersey on, right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, actually, that that leads me to the story. So it's one thing that's been kind of in the news here in in Portland. Um, Kevin Durant and CJ McCollum get into a little uh, little Twitter beef uh, this week. So. CJ, uh, CJ McCollum has a, a podcast that he does, and he invited Kevin Durant on his podcast. While on the podcast, um, some words were exchanged. Kevin Durant basically says to CJ McCollum that you guys, meaning the, the Blazers, will never win a championship. So CJ laughs it off on the podcast and then goes to Twitter. Uh, he, he was being attacked by a lot of the Trailblazers fans, and so he felt a certain kind of way about it. And so he goes to Twitter, and he reaches out to Kevin Durant on Twitter, and tells him, you know, well, if I was with my brothers and I got beat up by a gang, I wouldn't go join the gang and then go beat my brother up the next year and call him Saul. <laughs> Oops. Wow. Yeah, wow. <laughs> and so, you know, like uh, like true professionals they are, they uh, they hash it out on Twitter. Kevin Durant comes back at CJ McCollum and, you know, it just kind of gets out of hand. Um but all is well that ends well. Kevin Durant's uh, with all the other superstars in the NBA there in Las Vegas, preparing for Team USA. And um, they just kind of let, let bygones be bygones. Um, you mentioned LeBron. Cool story on LeBron. Uh, he still has a lot of ties to that Ohio area. Um, so Team USA does a training camp in Las Vegas every year. There's a huge AAU tournament in Las Vegas going on at the same time. So you get a lot of the 14-under, 15-under, 16-under, and 17-under uh, the, the premier players in the country, they're all playing in a tournament in Vegas. LeBron's son, Dwayne Wade's son, a lot of a lot of key stars are there. But Dwayne Wade actually takes – excuse me, LeBron James actually takes some time out to go visit 
uh, a 14-year-old who's an up-and-coming 14-year-old out of Akron, and uh, he goes in the gym, and he's actually kind of coaching the kid along while the kid's playing and counseling the kid a little bit afterwards as well. So that was a really cool story. It's kind of off the radar. It's not his son, but he was still giving back to that area. So mm. That was good. So I, I heard a couple of, uh, you know, talking heads on the, on the sport networks talking about uh, will LeBron get a chance to play with his son in the NBA? Because mm. he's been clear. Like, that's his goal. So Bronny's going into, going into ninth grade now? Yeah, he's 14, like you said. Yes, he's got – Can well, there will be a change in the rules. Can he play as an 18-year-old in the NBA? Maybe by then he'll be able to. Who knows? I mean, LeBron signed a deal long enough to – just long enough, four years of the fifth-year option, so he would give him that opportunity to play with his son if his son went to college for one year. So, so wouldn't that be crazy if a dad said his kid had to play for the Lakers? That would be so weird if a dad was that overbearing <laughs> that he said his kid had to play for the Lakers. Had to be drafted by the Lakers. Yeah, Alonzo Ball maybe. Um, <laughs> That's good. Yeah. yeah. Hey, two, uh, I read two th- – no, I read one thing and I had an observation. So – uh, LeBron has, there's, he said, one of my big regrets is naming my son LeBron Jr. I mean, <laughs> that's tough for that kid to, to go into the basketball world and try to fill, fill those shoes. Um, and then I'm going to pose a question to you guys. I got a pretty strong opinion about it, but is LeBron the bi- best dad ever or the biggest attention seeking magnet getting in the layup line of his son's, what is it, eighth grade, ninth grade? Um, uh, pre-game little layup drill and he's dunking and doing all kinds of stuff so I didn't know what you guys thought about that look do you don't think those kids had the time of their lives with LeBron in their line think about it how about the families the moms and dads of those kids they had the best time ever you didn't have to do that I mean I don't know I think I think I get I get what you're saying I, <laughs> I think I know where you're going but but I really feel that uh it, it was the 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 something those kids will talk about the rest of their lives that they got to do a layup drill with LeBron. Bill, I'd be, I'd be curious to know if after he did that, if he went and sat with those parents yeah, or if yeah. he went and sat behind his posse of people right. uh, and said, no autographs, no pictures, you know, I hope he um, didn't. I hope he didn't. Cause that would spoil but, that. But yeah. Before Shay jumps in, um, I guess, Bill, you've known me a long, a long enough. I, I just thought, um, just get, just stay, get, get on the sidelines, be a dad. Um, I don't know what the purpose is. Hey, go to practice before practice, hang up the guys dunk after. I mean, this is literally the layup drill pregame, right? So yeah. I just thought it was, I, I like LeBron. I like him a lot better now than I used to. He's uh, grown on me, but um, I was just shaking my head saying, dude, let your kid, let your kid have a little bit of the spotlight, right? Shay, what do you think? Here's some background on this, right? So the night before Bronny, which is LeBron's son, his game was canceled because there were so many people in the gym because they knew LeBron was going to be there. Mm-hmm. And so the kids were kind of discouraged because it's still tournament style. And mm-hmm. so it pretty much, I mean, it doesn't eliminate his team, but it's a DQ so they don't get that one point for winning, that, winning the game or losing the game in the tournament style. And so I think that maybe it was a tactic to kind of loosen the kids up and just kind of remind them they're here to have fun and here for exposure type of thing because they've been getting – just harassed like it's been crazy like the videos on twitter where these other kids are chanting overrated to a 14 year old yes lebron and to make fun of Brody. and it's, he's a kid he just wants to play basketball right sure. <laughs> yeah he's gonna have he's gonna have that his entire life though i'm sure dad's got to prepare him for that because that's like you said that even without the junior tag mm-hmm. he is lebron's kid and many many uh 
Now I keep thinking of uh, Tony Gwynn Jr., another guy that got yeah. <laughs> blessed with the junior name. Yeah. Ken Griffey. Ken, Ken yeah. Griffey carried it well. He did, it. He did, he did, it. He did okay, though. Yeah. He's the one, okay. right? Yeah. So. Well, we've yet to see uh, George Foreman or George Foreman or George or Foreman George jump Foreman in the ring. Or George Foreman <laughs> or George Foreman or George Foreman. There's, yeah. There's, yeah. Um, NCAA football going to be going to be kind of kicking off here in the next couple of weeks. Um, not, not a whole lot happened on that front, but I do want to talk a little bit about NFL. Uh, NFL, all the teams have kind of reported to camp. Um, you know, you're, you're seeing the Green Bay where the kids, you know, uh, bring their bikes, and the, bikes and the players yeah. ride the bikes into, into the practice field. Um, did you guys see the story out of Cleveland? Uh, with the two quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield and Tyrod Taylor, uh, bought an RV. They bought an old RV and they parked it on the on the grounds of the training center. And the only people allowed in it are quarterbacks. It's like a little quarterback club. And so, <laughs> so Twitter has taken to uh, name, naming this RV. Um, they're calling it the Winnebaker, uh, the, uh, the, the, <laughs> the the winless Bago. <laughs> ah, good. Uh, Breaking Bad. <laughs> Oh shit! Yeah, there's a great there's a great meme of uh of the, the the faces of of Baker Mayfield and Tyrod Taylor like imposed over in their underwear. Yeah, like high fiving. Yeah, it's pretty pretty funny. But uh, you know, everything Hugh Jackson said, uh, Baker Mayfield is is looking good and you know for four days into practice, but they say he's doing everything that a rookie QB should be doing the way he should be doing it. So um, let's let's rewind the clock and maybe check three years ago and see if the same thing was said about Johnny Manziel. But um, I just you know. I think Baker Mayfield's a solid, a solid pick, and and we'll see what happens. I Todd, I don't know if you saw, but um, Denzel Ward, their their number eight pick in the first round, the cornerback out of Ohio State, um, had a nice thing to say about Antonio Callaway, who they picked up out of the Gators. You know the the, the maligned receiver, but Denzel Ward came out and said, um, anyone who sleeps on this guy's speed is going to be uh, watching him score a touchdown. Um, so that's impressive. Once again, it's four days into the, into into camp. Um, another another fun story. I don't know if you saw in New England. Um, Tom Brady, uh, a fan who was o- stationed overseas, I believe in Korea. Um, his kids were born uh, the day after the Super Bowl, where the Patriots beat the Seahawks on that interception in the in the end zone. Mm. And, oh, and, and oh, the boy shit. had the boy had twins. Um, the guy had twins, and so he named him Tom and Brady. And he oh. brought him to training camp, and they they introduced him to Tom, and it was, it was really cool. Tom Tom stopped on his way, you know, down the steps, and and um and and talked to him and, and had a little conversation with the boys. It was kind of neat. Nice. So, I love those those early stories. Did you see uh two two uh, two things? One, did you see TMZ got a hold of Brady? He was at the beach with Giselle, and they were making fun of him because he wasn't as ripped as he needed to be. I'm like, dude's forty. I mean, come on. <laughs> He's got a dad bod. Nothing wrong so, with that. So what, right? I mean, we're all proud. At least you, know, yes. you yes. me, you me, and Sean. But, um. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Shay's got his gun so Sean, down. <laughs> I noticed I left Shay out of that equation. I can't um, look at Shay's arms. Holy crap! All right. So what? What about what do you? What do you guys think of um, of Julio? Julio Jones and what? What? What went on there? I have. Uh, I'll lead, I'll lead yeah. off. I I hate. Uh, he he held out. Finally signed a new contract. Bigger. Bigger bonus. I hate what he did. He, he you know you have a contract honor it, but he did what he did because they're going to pay him right. So it's kind of, you know. Uh, I'm mad just getting camp, but I totally get why he did it, and he's he's richer for it. And uh, yeah, I guess I guess when you sign these guys to to lengthy contracts, um, the market's ever changing, and that's why the organization probably uh, signs with that contract. But uh, he held out and got paid, so I guess good for him. But it's 
you know, I hate kinda, it, but I understand it. You kind of see it in every every industry, Todd, where it's kind of the yep. uh, the flavor of the month, right? Uh, uh, martinis were hot for a long time. Manhattans became popular. Uh, you know, um, uh, wine was big. Now craft beers are big. You're starting to see this big deal in in the in the NFL now being the signing bonus, right? Gurley signs the largest signing bonus ever. It's all guaranteed, right? It's oh, yeah, contract, guaranteed. Yeah. Uh, and, heard of and obviously, uh, um, uh, Le'Veon Bell in Pittsburgh, you know. Uh, probably going to be holding out for a, a huge signing bonus there. Um, Julio Jones, you know, once again, they pay the man, right? Like in the uh, movie rounders, right? Pay the man. Uh, he was pay the man, pay, there, pay right? the man his money, right? Bill? Yeah, pay the yeah. man his money. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's, it, it, it's a lot of uh, movement right now. Uh, I believe the hall of fame game is this week. Is that right? Baltimore. Mm. Plays, I, I think. In yeah. Next week, next Thursday, or, next yeah. Thursday or Wednesday. Yeah. On Thursday. Yeah. So anything one else thing, you guys thought? One thing, no. NFL. Why are the Chargers getting so much love? I got you got a ton of people picking them to win the AFC. Are you kidding me? I'm that disconnected from the team. I don't even know who's on the team. Phillips old, I know that, but they got a bunch of stuff I don't know. Did they pick up like an old Jerry Rice or something? Why are they so high on the Chargers? I, I, I like the Chargers this year. I do okay. like the Chargers this year. But the Chargers have to be the most the team with the worst luck in the NFL. Thank you. They, 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 thanks for making me feel better. Is gone for the year already. It's two big injuries so far. Yeah. The same thing with Philip Rivers. Has he ever had the same receiving core that he started the season with? No. He no. just keeps losing guys and losing guys. They're yeah. not that far away. The defense has finally improved. If the offense can stay healthy, I think they can do damage. Not wow. division. Wow. All right. I'm not. You know, I'm not a fan anymore. So. Bitter. Bitter party of one. Bitter. Bitter, bitter party, party of. <laughs> Bitter, bitter party of 1.2 million. Bitter party of 1.2 million. <laughs> Everybody in San Diego County. Come on. All right. Uh, All right. Let's go. Let's go overseas for two stories. North of the border for a story, and then we're going to settle settle in and finish up the episode uh, talking about America's pastime. Uh, over in France, Geraint Thomas from uh, Wales. Great Britain. No Wales. From Wales. Yeah, from Wales. First Welshman to win, but uh, you know, on his shirt, it's GBR uh, wins the uh, Tour de France. Um, at the home of golf, uh, St. Andrews, mm. uh, Miguel Angel Jimenez yep. uh, hangs on to beat Kirk Triplett and, and really a charging Bernard Longer, who, yeah. boy, missed a couple short ones today um, and then just picked a bad time on 18 to, to sail his 83-yard wedge shot long and um, didn't really give himself a chance to, to force the tie. But uh, Miguel Angel Jimenez wins the, uh, the U.S. Senior Open. I'm going to guess there's some red wine and cigars being smoked over there. Ooh um yeah he is a, he is he is a well-known um celebrator of of his victories um, is there a better stretching routine in golf Do you see oh. yes exactly right yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he's just see it, youtube it it's pretty funny he's yeah. one of those guys that uh he brings a big spirit uh but his game is obviously very solid as a, as a senior to be self-taught right he, he yeah. did it all himself he just was you know and wanted to play golf and figured it out and more power to him a lot of fun yeah. Yeah. So that was fun to watch. And Tom, Tom Watson for a little bit, um, oh. sh- shot his age on, on, on Friday, yeah. um, shot a 68 at age 68, um, fun to watch and just couldn't, couldn't hang on on Saturday and uh, dropped off, but always fun to kind of, to watch, um, golf being played at St. Andrews. Uh, it's just a special place and some, some place I hope I get to at some point in time yeah. uh, mm-hmm. in my life. Let's go North of the border for, um, what turned out to be a overtime, uh, tournament because it went, because of a rain delay, it went, you know, past the seven o'clock hour in the East. Um, and I had to finish on the golf channel, but, uh, the last 
time at Glen Abbey for the Canadian Open, the RBC Canadian Open. Um, not really the equivalent of the U.S. Open, but it is Canada's National Open. Um, DJ, Dustin Johnson, number one player in the world, uh, kind of cruises to his third victory of the season, 19th of his career. Uh, mm. A big fan favorite, obviously, with his father-in-law, Wayne Gretzky, uh, being born and raised right there in the town of Toronto where the tournament was played. Did you guys have a chance to watch any of it? DJ's, DJ looked really good. Yeah, I did. I watched – I watched. Um, I was. I was impressed with both uh, Kim and On, or uh, um, yeah, On, right? We Kim, yeah, Ben, ben uh, On, yep. Kim and Ben On for what they did. I mean, they. Uh, I agree. Didn't, didn't back down, hung in there. Um, so that was fun to watch. Uh, Keegan Bradley with a sixty-four today. That was sweet, but just a little, you know, a little too little, too late. Especially when you get when you get DJ on that back nine with three par fives. Don't you just concede yeah. he's going to shoot four or five under? Yeah, and Bill, how about how about the way he played eighteen? Right. He's got a, first of all, he got a three-stroke lead. Right. Birdie, he birdie, birdie, bombs birdie, birdie. it. He's got a, he's got to hit three thirty on the fly to carry the bunker. It does. They, they estimated he, he flew at three forty-five. It goes driver wedge. <laughs> now remember back, it was it was it's probably one of Ryan's favorite Tiger Woods moments when he hits the six iron out of the out bunker. of the sand. Yeah, to that out right of the sand. Pin. That right pin to that to to the bunker that DJ carried. Yeah. And Tiger, think about, I mean, think about how powerful Tiger is. And, and Tiger hit into the bunker and hit six iron. But this was, DJ hits. This was 2003 or four. It was a long time ago. Yeah. When Tiger did that. You gotta remember yeah. that's the clubs were different. Balls were different. Of course. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just, just, just from right, a reference right. standpoint, but yeah. driver wedge. Yeah. That's par amazing. five. That's amazing. Um, you know, it was, uh, Not fair. It was impressive, but, but once again, his, I joked with you guys off air, his, um, he is not the most, um, interesting interview. Uh, in, in, in sports, you know, um, what, what did it mean to win here in Toronto? Yeah, I have a, a big fan base. And, um, and because of that, I have a big fan base. And so it's nice to win in front of the fan base. Um, it was just, he's such a, just, you know, and it, he's just a grinder, right? He goes he's, out. He's, he, the, he's the Ken Caminiti of golf. That's what I'm calling <laughs> Who, who I, I personally deemed the dumbest man in baseball in uh, 1996. Who, yeah, I had to have a conversation with him about World Series tickets, and it, uh, Kevin Brown and uh, Joey Hamilton were screaming at him, hurry up, Cammy, we got to go, because he couldn't count how many people he needed tickets for. Yeah. He, he passed away, <laughs> didn't he, Kevin Eddie? Yeah, drugs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so DJ, I think what makes him great is he just really has no pulse, but I just think yeah. what you see is what you get. He's just a man of few words, very simple. Um, yeah, Todd. I'm, I'm obviously a, you know I'm not. Um, he's just a he's a he's a humble man. He's just a or a simple man. That's what that's yeah. what I was looking for. You I don't know, know about just humble. He simple, simple. Yeah. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. yeah, because he you know just his his saunter down the fairways. He, you're right, Todd. He just kind of I think he just zones out. You know, his brothers is 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 caddy. Uh, yeah, I think they know each other. Obviously, you know, that, that game wise and personality wise, and he just you know he's I mean, in a he's in a nice way- stretch. The way he lays at the beach with Paulina, he just had you know, his own, right? He just straight <laughs> hey, on, on, on Instagram. He's in a he's in a good stretch right now with heading to to Firestone, a, a long bombers course where he, you know, his mixture of length and touch um, when he gets that putter going, uh, pretty impressive. And then and then heading to Bellary, if you know Bellary, they're probably going to stretch it out to I'm going to guess seventy five, seventy six hundred yards. Wow, um, it's it's going to be a you know. Is a, that the PGA? That's the PGA, yeah. Where's yeah. that in? What's it's the- outside of St. Louis. St. Louis. Hey, yeah. um, Bill mentioned Keegan Bradley. Um, you know how many Eagles he had this week? Six Eagles. Wow. Six e- this week. Yeah. <laughs> Ian Baker Finch said, for some guys, that's a good year. That's six 
uh, eagles in, in your, you know, if you play 30 tournaments, have six eagles. That's not a bad, that's not bad. It's not yeah. great. Six eagles in one week. Good grief. That's amazing. Guys, let's, let's finish with baseball this week. Um, we saw something pretty cool today. Uh, almost happened, but didn't happen. And that was uh, Sean Newcomb in Atlanta. Um, he pitched a, a near no-no, uh, a no-hitter that went eight and two-thirds innings. Um, one pitch away. Yeah, one pitch away, which, which mm. happens so often. It, you know, I, I'd like to know how many, um, how many no-hitters have gone uh, eight and two-thirds and, and two strikes. You know, and there's, I'm sure there's a stat there somewhere. I'm going to look it up while you're talking. I like that. Yeah, it's, it, 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 you know. It, it might be almost as many as no-hitters themselves. No, nah, there's, there's been hundreds of no-hitters. So. Okay. Yeah. But how many have gone eight and two-thirds innings? Or how there's many? Been, how many? There's been three no-hitters this year, Sean. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm saying. Yeah. But to go – I bet there's just a lot of people that have lost a no-hitter uh, in the ninth, you know. And, and it, it's in the tough, ninth, but, two, out, two outs, two strikes. Yeah, sure. Saying. Sure. So, um, you know. Do you hear, do you hear what um, – sorry to jump in, Sean – what a great story. Um, good, you know, good lefty. He seemed like he has ice in his veins. He was throwing 95 in the ninth after 134 pitches. But have you guys um, heard the fallout that's already happened? And yeah. If you don't, if you don't know, you probably guess. I kind of wa- wanted to bring that up because, you know, um, Todd, what you're alluding to is, is as, it, as, the, as the game was happening and this no-name pitcher really was, was, um, was getting close to a no-no, some tweets from, from his youth were uncovered. Uh, from six, seven, eight years ago. This, I guess this is just where we're at in America right now when something good happens. No, 20, back and 2011 and 2012. And I, and I don't know what they said. And he's yeah. come out and said, yeah, that's, you know, it's, it's bad. It's wrong. I apologize. But um, I, God, I just, the, the one I saw. 23, 22. So this is stuff he's doing when he's 16, you know. Yeah. It's, and it's a couple, couple of them very similar to uh, the, the hater kid in, um, in, in Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Um, yeah. A couple of more rap lyrics that he quoted. Um, that had a, an offensive uh, racial slur in it. Um, one, one really was just three words. It just said "f this s." Um, that's it. Just yes. okay. F this shit, you know. And um, oh yeah, uh, it, it, you know. And it was just. So I guess that's just you know. But but hit, look, I mean, it, it'll probably be a conversation I have with my son. Uh, he's not on Twitter. Uh, it's not the, the the vehicle of choice for for his generation. And Todd, for your son, and uh, you know whether it's Instagram, whether it's, you know, I mean, look, I, I Bill, you, me, Todd, I, I'm so glad we didn't have social media and YouTube and, and things like that when we were growing up. Yeah. That age. Right. Let me, but let me ask, it, it go ahead. Sad. I'm sorry. No, it's, I, I, it's just a, it, I, it's just what we do when someone's well, having some success, we, we go back and try and find something to make the success, not as successful. Shay, you got three old men talking here about this topic. What's your take? You're, you're a millennial and, uh, it, it, and I got a specific question for Shay, if, if you don't mind me jumping in. Um, and I don't know what the right, wrong, incorrect, uh, politically correct, I don't know what the answer is, but if you're quoting rap lyrics, should you be held to the same standard of you using something as a, you know, this is my opinion and I'm calling you a name? You know what I'm trying, you know what I'm trying to ask, Shay? I think, I think you have to be cognizant of the fact that you're putting this out there for the world to see. Right. Yep. If, right. If, you're, if it's a simple conversation, you're, you're quoting lyrics in the car with your buddies, that's one thing. But when you're putting it out there for the world to see, it's like Herman Edwards said, just don't hit sin. Right. Or reach a certain level when you realize that you're on a path, that you're going to be in the public eye all the time. Just go back and delete everything. Just delete everything. Just start clean. Right. Just start anew. 
This stuff is when the kid was what? He's a teenager when this was going on. Right. Just yeah. delete it all. Just delete it all. Just disconnect yourself from it and start over fresh. Well, like and, and I associate it to, you know, and uh, gangster rap, right? So a lot of these guys aren't necessarily that's their life, but, you know, guys who wrote, wrote Westerns weren't cowboys shooting people, right? <laughs> they just wrote about it. And there's true people that are, are artists that live the life. And I think there's other people that are just writing about it. Um, and so if it's a part of art, I'm not excusing him in any way. I'm saying that's where, to me, the line gets blurry. And I totally agree with you. If it's blurry at all, don't do it. Get rid of it. Just, just don't do it. Yeah. If, yeah, if, if, if you were hanging out, we could say what a great song and quote lyrics. But why would you? Todd, you know, it's, you know, it's funny. One of my favorite follows on Twitter is, is Jay Billis, right? ESPN analyst for basketball. Little, it's his thing. His, his, his kind of his thing is he, he posts a, a rap lyric every day. Now, I'm going to guess. I don't know any of the songs he posts. But I got to guess he could pick other lyrics that have some offensive words and he chooses not to. Um, he actually writes those, Sean. He always, the tag is always, I got to go to work. No, I'm serious. He No, I know. I, I'm saying he writes them, but, but he's, he's quoting a rap lyric and then he adds that I got to go to work. He's quoting a, a lyric from a song. Those aren't just made up. I th- no, I think he's making it up. No, I think they're he's lyrics. no, they're lyrics. Oh, he's quoting. Okay, okay. Yeah, I thought, yeah. God, I thought he was talented. I was like, this is good stuff. <laughs> no, Jay, Jay Billis, uh, he, he's a big young Jeezy fan. So. Oh, okay, wow, gotcha. <laughs> and all those all those guys were in college in the nineties, <laughs> and they had a sweet spot right there. So, Bill, did you get did you get the number eight and two thirds? I did three. Perfect games were spoiled with two outs in the ninth. Mike Messina. And it, yeah, they're all three in the American League. One's back in 32. There, and there were 25 additional no-hitters before today that were ruined with two outs. So There's only been wow. less than 30, 29. 26. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, amazing. And one, and one perfect game that was spoiled by an umpire, if you remember right. And, and a perfect game spoiled by the fact that the freaking Expos couldn't score a run. <laughs> yeah. Oh, zero, zero. Yeah, wow. Yeah. I was at that one. We were you about. really? Yeah, that was that was Pedro Martinez with the Expos at Qualcomm. I'm at the game. I'm like, I can't believe it. I'm going to see a perfect game, but the Expos couldn't score. So it was 0-0 <laughs> through 9. They go to the 10th inning. Bip Roberts leads off with a double. Everything's spoiled. I went home. I didn't even stay for the end of the game. <laughs> wow. All right, guys, let, let's finish with, um, with a Hall of Fame. Uh, six players uh, went in, and I got some cool stats I want to share on each of them, but I just want to go through these guys, guys kind of one at a time and um, – see if there's any thoughts on, on these guys because it's, it's kind of that special uh, level. And we'll talk about the NFL Hall of Fame next week, um, the guys that made that class. But let's start with Jack Morris, uh, you know, probably known for his time with the Twins uh, and the Tigers. Tigers, uh, yeah. Went to school at BYU. Um, Bill, you're, you're a National League guy. Uh, you're, you're a pitching, uh, you know, aficionado. Uh, thoughts on Jack Morris and, and, you know, go back to that. Well, he came against the Braves. That's yeah. just such a memorable 10 innings, right? Yeah. He had a, he, uh, he had a battle getting in, right? Because his ERA is, he did. He, he is the highest huge. ERA of any uh, pitcher now in the hall of fame, yeah. but that, you can't discount what he did in the postseason. Um, awesome curveball. I remember just watching, you know, he could throw that 12 to six kind of yellow hammer, you know, that was a lot of fun to watch. Um, I, I, but I think deserves it. He's, he, I think he put up a body of work that uh, allows him to be there. I'm, I'm still bitter about that. Uh, Chuck <laughs> Knobloch deked Lonnie Smith, um, if you remember correctly. Yes. Wow. He should have scored on that play and they ended up losing one nothing. I mean, just wow. what a little what a little league play he did and, and 
and Smith uh, fell for it. That was wow. Yeah, totally. So still the, mad about he, that. Yeah. I'm going to share a stat on each of these these guys, and this comes off ESPN.com. So um, nothing I dug up, but uh, Jack Morris, uh, um, five time All Star. Morris finished top five in his league Cy Young voting five times. Hmm. Um, he also led all pitchers in the 80s with 2,444. Point two innings. That's a workhorse right there. In the eighties. Uh, in the eighties, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, unbelievable. He, he also led a lot of other stats in the eighties. Strike led strikeouts, yeah, sixteen hundred twenty-nine. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty impressive. So, so. Um, another another American League kind of perennial all-star, Alan Trammell uh, with the Tigers. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't go to didn't go to college. Had a couple options, but but um, was you know was an amazing player. Bill, did you ever get a chance to meet Alan Trammell? No, he he was around the Padres after I left. Um, but I never got a chance to meet him. Uh, and, and look, a great shortstop. You got to remember the Tigers, that, that Trammell Tigers team in 84, um, you know, that, that started off 35 and five. Who's their second baseman, Bill? 35. Oh, uh, uh, Frank, Fred, Frank. Reynolds. Really good. Uh, it was a good inside. Yeah, oh, they were. Uh, Middle uh, infield. Like, yeah, I'm they're strong. super strong. Like, it's a blanket on them too. I, um, yeah. But uh, – 35 yeah. and five, yeah. 35 and five. And, and the Padres make their first World Series in 1984 with Goose Gossage and Steve Garvey. And, you know, it's going to be the thing and just got whooped. They, they did Lou, win. Lou Whitaker. Lou, Lou Whitaker. Whitaker. There you go. Sweet they Lou, did, right? They did win one game. Um, they won one game uh, at home, but were, lost the World Series 4-1 to one to an amazing Tigers team. They, they won 112 games that year, something crazy, 110. It was a mm. hell of a year. 35 and five. You're 30 games over 500 after 40 games. <laughs> what? That's yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Seven-time 300 hitter, uh, scored 100 runs or more three times, uh, more than 30 How many, how many hits? Do they have it in there? Uh, done, uh, topped the 30 double mark six times, um, stole 20 more bases three times as a, as yeah, a shortstop. Awesome. Very impressive. Uh, Vlad Guerrero uh, didn't go to college. Obviously, one of the best Dominican Republic players yeah. to ever – ever play has one of the sweetest swings of low pitches you'd ever see i mean he golf balled so many home runs out of uh out of the shoelaces right right yeah whether it's with the angels or whether, whether it was with the um uh the expos um he's one of nine players with a career batting average of 315 and a slugging percentage of 550 listen to this bill wow the other eight seven are in the hall of fame and the other is still active miguel cabrera <laughs> who will be there yeah. yes and that includes hey. Babe Ruth and Ted Williams. Yeah. Quick question for Bill or Sean or Shea. Um, so he's the first Hall of Fame inductee to have an Angels hat. Yeah. Um, where did Rod Carew, who, what hat did he wear? Twins. Oh, be twins. Twins. Yeah. 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 He's yeah. actually got a statue out in center field at the new target, target field. Gotcha. Um, uh, Trevor, uh, let's go actually. Uh, Jim Tomey, uh, one of my favorite players to watch, was unbelievable um, with the Indians, went on to play for the, uh, the White Sox, um, but an unbelievable player. Bill, did you know his 13 walk-off home runs are the most all-time in Major League Baseball? Wow. No, I did not know that. Yeah. That's a great stat. That's a great stat. One of the coolest swings uh, you'll ever see was a huge fan favorite here in Cleveland. Um, Just a humble guy. Played his his college ball at Illinois Central. He's a Peoria kid. Uh, His father was a farmer. Um, He had a super open stance, didn't he? Yeah. Mm Yeah. Yeah. Really open stance. Facing the pitcher. Shay, these guys are all told for you, right? You don't know anybody. This group. No, I know these guys. I mean, <laughs> Tommy and Vlad. Vlad was How awesome. How dare you, right, Shay? Let's let's go to uh, someone who who t- Todd probably saw play on the local telecast. Uh, Chipper Jones um, oh. uh, didn't go to college. Played for the Bulls school in Jacksonville, Florida. 
jumped right into uh right into the majors and uh not right in the major right into pro baseball and quickly was up in, in atlanta um but todd i'm sure you probably have a memory or two about uh chipper jones oh i do first of all he's a he's a big florida gator fan being from jacksonville which yep. is awesome um so i think in 92 or 93 he was gonna be called up and he uh tore his acl right and so he actually lost a year or two because he tore his ACL. And another thing about Chipper is, is they won the World Series in 95, his rookie year, and uh, <laughs> never won it again, right? They, they, they made a couple return trips. So talk about, you know, uh, early success and probably thought he'd get a couple, two, three, four rings. Um, just won that one. What a consistent player. Um, you know, Bobby Jones, he, he had nothing but great things about, 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 uh, about Skip. And uh, you guys and, and Bill helped me, but um, I believe not Ken Caminiti. Who came over um, to the Braves? And Chipper actually went from third base and played left field. Vince Castillo, does that make sense? Oh, Vinny Castillo. Vinny Castillo, Vinny Castillo yeah. yeah. So Chipper, the Hall of Fame third baseman, yeah. was that good and versatile that he played left field for one season. Yeah. And I think he got a hold of management and said, hey, we, we, we got to trade Vinny because, you know, I, I was a team guy, but I, I'm just not built for left field. I'm a, I'm a third baseman. So, yeah. great so switch. T- my, Tom, my, my, let, me ask, let me ask you guys a question. Shay, jump in on this too, just as a, as a sports fan. Um, these guys are going to the Hall of Fame, but, but more players obviously are going to – more players started this season um, that probably won't make it till next season than there are in the Hall of Fame, right? I mean, it's a, it's a special thing. But you, you talk about he, he won one his first year and didn't win any more. How many guys going into the majors, if you said you're going to win a World Series at some point in your career, would be okay with one? Oh, every single person. A million. But yeah. look at that. Look, look 100% of them. Look at that pitching staff, the Braves. Right? I, I know, Maddox, right? Maddox, Smoltz, Glavin. Um, Todd, I think we tweeted it this week, or, or Bill shared it or something like that. One of you guys shared it, but the kid today that, that almost threw the no-hitter, uh, Sean Newcomb, threw 134 pitches. Yeah. And, did, and did, did you watch, like, that, that video of, of – uh, of Maddox pitching his yep. 74 pitch perfect game, or, you know, complete, complete game, game. Complete yeah. game. Uh, you know, in half the pitches. I mean, it's unbelievable, Todd, that that, that pitching staff was together. Okay. Unbelievable. And, and Smoltz even was a closer for a while, if you remember that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just unbelievable. Guys, I want to, I want to pitch this. I want to pitch this question to you guys. I think that is, I think that times may be changing. I question with the younger athletes, how important is a ring? How important is a game? Because you find it in basketball, a lot of these guys, they're not chasing a ring. They're not chasing a championship. They want to they they play with they, they love, play with their friends and make some money and have some fun while they're doing it. Is it the same as what it used to be for the younger generation? That's just a great question. Um, yeah, you're asking, you're asking three guys who don't have that. <laughs> don't I, see have that. I see what you're saying. Man, I think you, you may be onto something, but definitely our generation, guys would, would uh, you know, take pay cuts to be on a championship team at the end of their career, right? You'd always find these guys that have been lifelong on one team and they'd, they'd jump ship to try to, to get a ring. I mean, Barkley never got a ring. Uh, he went to Phoenix, he, you know, uh, Houston. He, Carl Malone. Yeah, Carl Malone did the same thing. Yeah, so maybe you're right. That's, that's a great point, Shay. Tony, Tony Gwynn had a chance to go to a team and get a ring and didn't leave because yeah. uh, he wanted to do it here. And then you know, other players, other players OG leave. Went to San Francisco 49ers. Other players leave because they just want to keep playing, and they and they got kind of pushed out. Right, Joe Montana. 
Uh, we got kind of kind of went to Kansas Steve City, Young, right? yeah, and uh, Emmett Smith. You know, went to the went to the Cardinals. Um, oh, I forgot that. You know, yeah. uh, uh, Tony Dorsett went to 49ers. Um, so, yeah, it's a good question, Shay. I'm not I'm not sure what the answer is. Uh, who, last, who's the, um, who's the hockey player that went to Colorado late in his career to get? He was a Bruin, Ray Bork. Ray Bork, yeah. yeah. Ray Bork, and then he won. Yeah, that was yeah. kind of yeah, cool. Perfect yeah. example of we're not. I'm not winning Boston. Trade me so I can get a ring. So exactly. Maybe that uh, is changing. That's good. Last member of the uh, Hall of Fame class of 2018, uh, someone who's close to Bill's heart, uh, yeah. Trevor Hoffman, uh, played his college ball, Cypress College, uh, junior junior college, but then uh, was an Arizona Wildcat, uh, one of the best closing pitchers um, the game has ever seen. Um, I call him the second, ninth, second best, right? Yeah, hit, well, listen to this. His nine seasons with at least 40 saves are tied with Rivera for the most all-time. Um, so that's pretty, I mean, that's pretty good when, when you talk about Rivera and Hoffman one and two, right? Yeah. So I got stories about Trevor, um, really deep, close, personal stories. I mean, I, I, this, this hat, I'm holding it kind of far back right now, but this hat is a, a Padres hat that mm. Kevin got as a five-year-old. I took him to the all-star game. So it was a father-son trip. We went to Colorado. So we're in, uh, uh, and, and it's got Tony Gwynn's name on it because that's Kevin's middle name is Anthony. So this, this is um, who signed the hat because on the flight there, we were there with all five Padre All-Stars on the same plane. So Kevin's entire flight was spent in the galley with Trevor Hoffman because Trevor had boys about Kevin's age. And so Kevin, he just kind of Kevin gravitated towards him and they, they were back there for an hour. And Trevor was just asking him questions and talking to him. And he told Kevin, you got to get that hat signed because everybody else is on the plane. So on the bill of the cap, these are the autographs of all five all-stars for the Padres on wow. Trevor's hat, right? So Trevor's is over here where it says, all the best, Trevor Hoffman. You've got Tony Gwynn, best wishes, Kevin, Tony Gwynn, 19. Uh, Alan, Andy Ashby, Kevin Brown, and Greg Vaughn, right? And so Trevor uh, will always have a very special place in my heart. I remember in 96 – um, Kevin was three, uh, and, uh, no, maybe it was, I'm sorry, it was 98. <clears throat> they clinched against the Dodgers uh, on September 12th. And I, I was on the field, uh, right after the game ended, I grabbed Kevin out of the stands from Cindy, took him out. He's on the mound, we're messing around. Trevor Hoffman walks up and he had seen Kevin earlier that year. And he said, dude, you need some of this. He grabbed a pile of dirt off the mound and stuck it in Kevin's back pocket of his jeans. <laughs> you need to keep this. So it's in a little vial that Kevin still keeps with him. You know, he's one day he'll want this hat <laughs> right That's now, right. you know, but <clears throat> so anyways, he, he is just one of the most genuine, nicest guys. You put Trevor Hoffman and Tony Gwynn together. You're not going to find two nicer guys together anywhere in sports. And it was just a, so it's really cool that he, 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 he gets this, he's going in as a Padre, second Padre to go in the, the hall of fame, which is it's Tony and Trevor. And, you know, Hell's Bells, that whole mm -hmm. thing that was happening in the 90s. By the way, a young marketing assistant named Chip Bowers is the guy who came up with Hell's Bells for his walk-in song. Chip Bowers is now the marketing director for the Golden State Warriors, mm. like the vice president of marketing for Golden State. And he's the guy who said to Charles Steinberg, uh, who was in charge of baseball, opera, you know, the entertainment of the, 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 the game level, he said, we should play Hell's Bells when he comes out of the bullpen. And uh, sure enough, took off and became just this amazing thing. Yeah, very as, as iconic as Enter Sandman uh, right. is for Mariano. But yeah. let me ask you a question. Um, you know, we as fans, especially like, you know, World Series and All-Star Games, you know, they, they do that live on the field where the cage is still up around the, the batting, you know, and 
kind of the the people milling around on the field. Um, you're not sure if they're reporters or staff. <laughs> you you in the ticket office, you were probably never down there on, or were you? Did you ever get a chance oh. on game days, or or did you guys trade times to get down there on on the field and and get to know the players? You know, because I, I got to think that Trevor and some of the bullpen guys. That's a different lifestyle when you're when you're out there for three and a half hours wondering if you're going to work that day. Yeah. Um, but I, I sometimes have, you, you know, sometimes you get up and throw, sometimes you don't. But yeah. Trevor kind of knew every game he he was probably going to work. Yeah, I had full access, Sean. So I I uh, I was busy as well though. We had to settle up a game. We had we had people buying tickets uh, during batting practice. The gates go opening, and we got seller tickets. Sellers heading all over the place. So we're busy and we're we're fulfilling orders. But I like when um, when. Uh, McGuire came into town. I made sure to go down and introduce myself to him and took a buddy who was a golf pro down to meet McGuire. I mean, I could do that kind of a thing. It was pretty cool. But the, the best times for me around the betting cage were on road trips, right? I would go to LA, Fenway, Chicago, Wrigley Field. Those are all fields where I, during batting practice, leaned against the cage and watched the team hit. Um, there's, there's nothing cool. better. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, sitting in the press box at Fenway in a Wrigley to watch a game saying hi to Harry Carey and Vin Scully in press boxes. Um, you know, it's, that's, those are the memories that I'll always have from, from the grind of the hours in, 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 in the front office or the ticket office of a major league team. Cause it's a grind. It's, it's a lot of hours and you miss a lot of games, home games. I, the only time I think I told you, the only time I ever saw a complete home game first pitch to the end of the game was on my birthday. Um, I would sit in the booth with Jerry Coleman and Ted Leitner and Dave Camp, whoever was in the booth, I would sit there and, and, uh, um, Bob Chandler, I would watch the entire game from the radio booth, which was great because Jerry would always lean That's back neat. and say, we got Bill Rester from the ticket office here. He's a nice guy. And, and Coleman would always take me to lunch somewhere around my birthday uh, just to kind of thank me for hooking him up and his friends up with tickets all year long. So it, uh, it was yeah. a lot of fun. So One of these weeks we'll get Shay to share some of the, uh, you know, the courtside oh, stories that he might stories. have from, the, from uh, it's not called the Rose Garden. What's it called, Shay? The, uh, the the motor center the motor center yeah yeah i'm sure so, yeah you got some good ones too you got you got more well i got some celebrity stories but not as many as you because <laughs> yeah. i yeah uh, but i did i sat courtside one time it was a, a clippers game so the guy that used to work at the chargers took over the clippers ticket office back in 90 whatever and i went up and saw jordan play when he came to the clippers and got like, courtside seats so that was uh that was pretty cool there's nothing, awesome. nothing, nothing more impressive. And I also said a, it was a Bullets game at the time. It wasn't the Wizards. Our, our owner, Larry Lacino, had uh, courtside seats for them uh, since he was a Washington guy, Baltimore, Washington guy. So, yeah. anyways. I'll tell you, guys, for, for a week where the, the, the biggest story was uh, six old guys getting into a, a building in Cooperstown in a, in, a, in a golf tournament north of the border um, in sports, it's always fun chatting with you guys uh, over a cold beer and, and, and talking uh, sports and, and friendships. Um, let's find out what's going on this week in your world. Shay, what is going on out in Portland? What do you got on the schedule work-wise or pleasure-wise? Work-wise, I don't even know what's happening because I'm going to Vegas next weekend and that's all I'm working. <laughs> <laughs> so get your bets in. Todd, I'm sure you want to have him put some money on black, right? Always been on black. Yep. That's it. There you go. That's what he tells me every time. <laughs> Todd, what do you got, man? What's on your agenda? Uh, good week, Sean. Um, work, 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 close, close jobs, close sales. Um, but uh, a kind of unique marketing tool that, that my company has is we have a, they call it the innovation showroom. It's basically an RV with all of our products in it. Right. So mm-hmm. there's a guy, his job is to drive around region, region, uh, probably drives 48 weeks of the year 
Um, God, God bless them for doing it. I don't know if I could, but anyway, we're, uh, we have it this week, so I'm going to bring it to customers and, um, it's a great way to bring people in and, um, kind of put your hands on stuff and physically see, um, what's going on. Uh, so I, I don't know if I shared this or not, but if you look at Forbes, um, most top 100, most innovative companies, um, there's a little company, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to guess at the numbers, but there's a little company called Apple that's like 83rd. <laughs> Asaboy's 82nd, right? Oh, so boy. We are top 100 innovative companies in, uh, in the world. So it's just it's pretty cool to be a part of that. And um, so you think doors and hardware, how, how hard could it be? Um, there's a lot, of, a lot going on with access control and uh, electronics. Um, it's it's pretty, pretty good stuff. So that's going to be my week on Wednesday. Um, Wednesday and Thursday, I'll be uh, part of the Innovation Showroom. So, good stuff. Who's number eighty-one on that list? <laughs> I think Coldwell Banker. Coldwell Banker. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure. I just. I, I just have a feeling you guys are knocking on on their door, right? <laughs> uh, it's funny because <laughs> another another door joke. Another, another door time. joke. I've known you long enough. I can't believe I. I, yeah, I, I like. I like how you jam those in there, Sean. That's pretty good. It's called crowbar, right? It's called door crowbar. jam. Door jam. No. Oh, oh wow! I'm, I'm calling it night, boys. I'm Where losing, do you work? Where do you work? Who do you work? I'm, for? I'm losing hey, a step. Man. Hey, Bill, we should stop slamming Todd. Let just let him. Let yeah, don't him. slam. <laughs> Nothing no, like door and hardware humor. It's awesome. That's great, though. Get get on that that RV. But what do you got going on, man? Uh, tell us about the real estate sessions this week and where you're traveling. Um, no travel. Oh, I take that back. Uh, I'm going down to uh, Lee County Wednesday for a, for their association to do something. Just a, Naples again? Rats. Naples down and back. Exactly right, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, uh, on the stare down, uh, sorry, on the uh, real estate sessions this week, it's um, really excited. It's, it's the three-year anniversary of the recording of the first show on July 31st with Jay Thompson. And mm. uh, my guest will be the CEO of EXP World Holdings, Glenn Sanford, Sean. Wow. So yeah, we're going to, I think we'll get a lot of downloads, at least from 12,000 EXP realtors uh, around the country. But it was really interesting. About an hour, he's very open. Uh, an incredible history. You'll have to hear it. it he, you know, um, you know the, the, the rise and fall of his dad's fortunes he talks about, how he discovered at an early age selling Kirby vacuum cleaners. Mm. It was much better to have the customer come to him instead of him going to the customer. And it was He's just, he, he learned a lot of things early and it's, it's going to be a great listen. And I also uh, interviewed last week, Sean, Tiffany McQuaid down in Naples, and you're going to love her episode too. Just a really smart lady. You met her at a dinner in Edmond, right? Yeah. yeah. So um, I, I'm excited about the next couple of weeks on the uh, real estate sessions. That's awesome. Guys, for me, uh, I, there will be work this week, but one of my favorite quotes is, uh, the work will wait while you show the child the rainbow, but the rainbow won't, won't wait while you do the work. Um, <laughs> focus is all in on the kids this week. Ryan has his tryouts for his high school golf team. Uh, mm. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, three rounds. Uh, he's playing great. Has a great chance to uh, make the varsity teams. So we'll be pulling for him. And then my daughter, he's a Riley, senior, right? He's going to uh, junior, junior year. Junior, yep. Okay. So, yep. And, uh, and my daughter, Riley, it's her last week at home. We'll head down next Sunday, uh, to, uh, get ready Columbia. to get her in into the dorm. So I'll be doing our call next week from a uh, hotel, hotel room in Fort Mill, South Carolina. Um, nice. But I, I will be doing a little bit of a uh, real estate stuff prepping for some presentations I have coming up later this month. So now guys, is, that it's a, always, is, that a place, is that a place you stop on the way there? Yeah. Well, she no, can't get into the, we, we can't move into the sorority house until noon on Monday. I say she's so, on the show next week. Tell her yeah, she has well, to get on the show. 
Yeah, we'll have she, to have to get around for her, for her college year. football she's, predictions. Exactly. Yeah, she wasn't happy listening last year, was she, Sean? I think she was in a <laughs> hotel room, and she's like, are you guys done yet? It's like 45 minutes into this. Yeah, we'll, exactly. We'll get around somehow, some way. All so. right, good. All right, boys. Hey, on behalf of Bill and Shay and Todd, I'm Sean Carpenter. Thanks for listening to The Stare Down.